Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We've got some NBA news to dive into today involving some fairly high-profile names. We're talking John Wall and Aaron Gordon. But first, Keith, did you see the Hawkeye trailer? Oh, my gosh. We, I meant to talk about it on yesterday's show, and somehow it slipped my mind. It's Die Hard with a Bow and Arrow. I love it. Sign me up. I love it. I love the tag that the best gifts come with a bow. So great. That is phenomenal marketing. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm psyched to to see this one just like it was all the rest. And uh, so we'll get the Eternals a couple weeks ahead of that. And then the uh, Hawkeye on Thanksgiving Eve. And that's a nice night to get it because we generally won't have NBA games the next day. So we'll be able to watch Hawkeye uh, probably while the uh, turkey's cooking and and enjoy just a nice – Day of Marvel and then some football, food and family and all that good stuff. Going to be a good time. Now, I will say this, and, and we I promise we will get to our NBA basketball stuff. But <laughs> so, you know, Jeremy Renner plays Hawkeye. And my daughter, a year or so ago, she was four, maybe she was still three at the time. But but she was pronouncing Hawkeye as hot guy, like H-O-T nice. guy. And my wife did not <laughs> correct her. I don't know how to feel about that right now oh, but man. in any event i'm sure that she'll watch that marvel the, series the with lane me, household yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing i love it but anyway this is uh, that's an exciting thing that's going to be coming up sorry we had to you know geek out a little bit over the the marvel stuff and the uh the hawkeye trailer which was absolutely phenomenal but there's some NBA news to break down. First, though, make sure you guys do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, make sure that you do follow us over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We are growing this, this show, so please make sure that you do subscribe. And don't forget to turn on notifications as well. Keith, let's start things off with John Wall, a Houston Rocket for now, yeah. but will not be a Houston Rocket into the future it sounds like he is going to be traded well, the That's rockets like, hope the rockets are hoping <laughs> they're hoping anyway let's yeah. let's get into that what's going to happen here the rockets john wall working together to try to find a trade and he will not play any more games for houston yeah so so this is that working together part is where it's very different from the 76ers and ben simmons who are not exactly working <laughs> no. together they they're, they're uh, kind of working apart uh, right now. So it sounds like, by all accounts, John Wall has been very good in his time in Houston. Uh, he's been somebody that the younger players have really come to rely on for leadership. He's been a great leader for them. And the Rockets are looking at it and saying, look, we have a ton of guards that we want to play. Young guards to Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Josh Christopher, just added in the last couple years. Uh, Kyrie Thomas, who they picked up on a, on a – a late season edition last year and he played mm. quite well for them. So they, they want to play those guys. They don't necessarily want to play John wall, nor do they want to have John wall get hurt and kind of completely ruin maybe whatever little tiny modicum of trade value he may have left. There's no other way to slice this. It's 91.6 million that he is owed. It's bad money. Yeah. There, there's, you know, in, in I think John Wall would probably say the same thing. Um, you know, and good for John Wall for getting in when he did. And this is why you should never criticize a player for taking a max contract when it's offered to him. Team, other other story we can have there. But mm-hmm. at the time this contract was offered, wasn't necessarily even seen as a bad contract. And neither. He's one of the first uh, class of super max guys to get it. So, yeah. So what they're going to do is they're going to have him come to camp. He it sounds like he's going to be there to 
kind of almost be like a glorified assistant coach while they continue to try to work on trades. Finding a trade, that's where it's going right. to get really difficult. Um, just because of that number, 44.3 million this year is what they've got to move. That That is such a big number that it's so hard uh, to get moved at this point in the off season because roster spots have dried up and those kind of things. So could you find a trade? Of course, no contract is truly untradeable. There's already been a million people in my mentions on Twitter telling me all the trades that they think are, are great more for their teams necessarily than, than the what? Eastern Rockets. That is shocking. One to thing me. I, <laughs> stunning right that trades were one-sided unbelievable um there should be a thing on every trade machine that says is your trade one-sided don't click submit that <laughs> um you know and take another look um one last thing i'll say on this too with with uh the, this whole situation here with wall is the rockets are not going to give up assets to get off this contract it doesn't make sense for them to do that they're they're not trying to be a competitive team this season or maybe even next season they they know that they're rebuilding that's why they were content to use four, four first round draft picks just this past mm-hmm. uh draft cuz they're not trying to uh build this thing up very quickly that they, they want to be they want to be competitive but they're not they, they're not fooling themselves. They know they're not a, a playoff contender or anything like that. So they're not going to be giving up first-round picks to get off this. Plus, it's quite frankly a little hard for them to trade first-round picks because Oklahoma City already owns a handful of them. Well, So does that just mean that there's – I mean, it's hard to see a path to a trade where they don't have to – Sure. Give up something in order to move him. And you know, John Wall was not terrible. If you look at his numbers, 20 and 7 with poor percentages. That's basically what we thought he would be, right? A, a decent point guard who can put up points but just doesn't do it very efficiently. And that's what we saw from him last season. Um, but looking around the NBA, number one, what teams need a point guard right now? Yep. And number two, what teams have the assets to... Tr- to stack up to equal that 40 plus million that you have to get to in order to trade for John Wall. That is going to be a real challenge to find a taker for him to the point where you got to wonder what, how do they eventually move him, especially if they're not willing to attach any type of asset to him in order to incentivize the team to take on that contract. Exactly. And it's that first part. So let's eliminate the salary pieces of it. Let's just say there was no contracts involved. Yeah. Who needs a point guard? really nobody at this point the clippers maybe ish is wall better than reggie jackson i have my doubts at this point is he better than eric bledsoe yeah probably and probably get me there um but i i mean the rest of the league nobody really jumps off the page as Boy, they really need a point guard. The The Celtics were there, but, of course, they, they signed Dennis Schroeder pretty late in the game, and they're not going to make a move like this, not after everything they did to try to get things done. I don't think it's going to be a big enough selling point. Hey, we have John Wall, Bradley Beal. You want to come here too? Oh, wait, we can't because we traded all those salaries to get John Wall. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, Philly, th- this that's the one where – Maybe something could happen, some construction of a three. There's your trade. Ben Simmons trade, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know straight <laughs> up. No, not straight up. I'm if, kidding. If you wanted to get involved in a three or four team trade, and of course, That's then everybody's going to be looking at Oklahoma City, 
right is the kind of landing point for for mm-hmm. or landing spot for for a player in that as the uh, salaries get moved around but maybe you could have something there um i think what it more likely would be for the rockets is hey we'll take back your questionable money as well um and maybe we'll just do a trade that rebalances things for both sides but again right now uh nobody screams out is really needing a point guard kind of funny the team that maybe did um of the contending group was the denver nuggets just because we don't know what jamal murray's status is going to be but they did something else that we're going to talk about a little later in the show uh and they're perfectly content to run out monte morris and facundo Campazzo and just play that through until murray gets back and you run so much of the offense through Jokic anyway you don't need a traditional point guard so that's the the tricky part in this whole thing i'm just not sure how they're gonna find this find a deal uh for wall at this point my guess is this stays pleasant and stays very everybody's on the same page let's just keep working let's see what happens and then at some point in february when it's clear there's not gonna be a trade there'll be a blake griffin-ish buyout that comes and and happens down the line i know he says no buyout now but it's the middle of september that's the other piece that i wanted to address here they've said hey we're not gonna buy him out that's not what we intend to do or anything like that of course they're saying that what else are they gonna say okay we're gonna do our best to trade him and if we can't then we're going to buy him out. Well, no team's going to give you anything for it. Well, you're probably not going to get anything for him anyway, but you're definitely not going to get a trade for him if everybody knows that he's going to be a free agent in a few months anyway. So they're going to do everything they can to trade him. If they can't, maybe then we go down that buyout path. And that's where I think you are going to see teams interested. And even if they bring him in as a backup point guard, because I think this is another one of those situations, kind of my pet peeve, where we have to be careful that we don't that we disconnect the player from the contract, that we don't look at the contract and say, oh, the contract is terrible, therefore the player is terrible. I think John Wall can definitely help teams. At the dollar amount, that's the breaking point. If he was just a free agent and he could he could be had on a veteran minimum, a lot of teams would want John Wall. But that's not the case. It's the contract that really complicates things here for his situation. So it'll be interesting to see how the Houston Rockets do handle this. Um, it is a bit ironic. I mean, they go from Chris Paul to Russell Westbrook to now to John Wall, and and here we are. Um, but it is good to hear that is an amicable situation. This isn't John Wall demanding out. This is both sides came together and said, look, this is the reality of the situation. Let's work together and let's see what we can find. And so that's where now John Wall's agency, they can go around to teams around the NBA and they can openly talk like, hey, what do you? What can you guys offer? Yeah. What can we create here? And they don't have to do anything secret behind closed doors because both sides exactly. are on the same page. And I think that does help the process. Yeah, for sure. Now, for the Rockets side, without John Wall playing, opens the path. Kevin Porter Jr., and much like he was after he got traded there, is going to be the starting point guard for the Houston Rockets uh, going into next season. My guess is they might bring Jalen Green all around, all along a little slowly. Uh, maybe Eric Gordon starts initially, but my guess is by the holidays, it's Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green are playing all the meaningful minutes in that Rockets backcourt. And then the vets like Gordon, DJ Augustin, David Nwaba, those guys are just going to be filling in here and there uh, for for uh, for those guys' back backup minutes. Uh, at this point, they're still trying to move Eric Gordon. We know that. That's been going on for for months now um, that that's been rumored. So we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, Kevin Porter Jr., he wasn't bad. Um, it's going to be bumpy at times like it was but why not 
you're not a good team. You might as well see if you can turn them into a point guard. Because if you can, you have an infinitely more valuable player than just an off-ball uh, wing player, which Porter probably is never going to shoot it enough to give you a ton of value there. But as an on-ball guy, you might have something there. And I, I thought it looked okay last year, at least enough to continue the experiment into this season. Does this change anything for Christian Wood, do you think? Because he's kind of in that that middle and no man's land yeah. really where he's not really a veteran, but I don't know if he's a young piece for them moving forward. What happens with him? Does he just, just stay and they just try to continue to build or, or do they maybe start looking at offers? Yeah. My guess is they'll keep him for now. See how he fits. They added Daniel Tice this off season too, which was a little weird, but my I'm thinking they're going to start Tyson Wood. Uh, together up front mm-hmm. because both of them can step out and shoot it. Both of them can pass a little bit. Um, and then probably Jay Sean Tate, who's done nothing to lose his starting spot. He's, he's their best defensive wing player in on the team. And then up front that leaves Kenny Martin Jr. And Alperin Schengen coming behind uh, Tyson Wood. So I, I, my guess is they'll give it a shot and see. But if someone really comes in at the trade deadline and says, hey, we'll give you two firsts for Christian Wood or a first and a young player or something like that, my guess is they'll probably be enticed to say, all right, let's go. And he's got such a good contract that could easily be moved. It's not something that I think could um, – is going to keep them from moving him by any means because he's he's not making all that much money. So, yeah, I, might, I don't think it changes necessarily a whole lot, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he's playing on another team by the trade deadline. Yeah, agreed. I wouldn't be surprised at all either. The Rockets do have some interesting young pieces to build around, and that is what they're going to focus on here moving forward. John Wall will find a new home at some point, whether that's via the buyout market or if he is indeed traded We'll have to wait and see how the Houston Rockets and John Wall wind up playing this, but it sounds like his days are done in Houston, at least in terms of playing out there on the floor. Uh, Moving on, though, we did have a little bit of business here. The Denver Nuggets reach an extension with Aaron Gordon, and Aaron Gordon traded with, well, Keith, your hometown Orlando Magic. Uh, They were able to bring him him in last season, gave up a decent amount in order to get him, and he was a nice fit for them. In fact, when Aaron Gordon came on board, Denver was looking like a really tough out in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They were playing some incredible basketball. And then, unfortunately, Jamal Murray got hurt. But they do lock up Aaron Gordon four years, 92-ish million. And I said, ish. Keith's going to get into that in just a second. But uh, four-year deal for Aaron Gordon. And I think that's a that's a nice fit for the Nuggets moving forward. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of money. Now it's really more like 87 million yeah. and then about 5 million in bonus money, uh, which is becoming a very common thing that, that we're seeing in these extensions. So it's about the max that the Nuggets could give him um, in an extension right now because you're limited in how much you can give a guy. And Gordon was at 16.4 million this year. So if we remember, he came in on that uh, contract that was a declining contract previous the one he signed with the magic and he's probably outplayed it a little bit that that number feels a little big 
to me. I think about $20 million average annual value was what I had pegged for Gordon because you've already got Jokic. So, in reminder, this kicks in next season. This is not this year. So, next year when this kicks in, you'll have him at about 20 ish million. You'll have Jokic at 33.6, Jamal Murray at 31.6. And I'm going to guess Michael Porter Jr. is going to be on the full max right around 29.7. And then you've got Will Barton at 14.4 and Monte Morris at 9.1 that is an extremely expensive team now you've got your top five and your sixth man locked up so you're not in a bad spot necessarily if you're the nuggets but but yeah it's if you believe in what happened after they traded for gordon uh when murray was still healthy in that that stretch you can see why they did this because Denver looked like they might have been a title contender. If you are a little more skeptical on Aaron Gordon, then you start to think, boy, that's an awful lot of money to lock up uh, for him. But I guess if you're Denver, you're looking at it as, look, we we don't want to run the risk of losing this guy. I'm not exactly sure who the suitors would have been this offseason. It's not a great summer for cap space teams, uh, not a great summer to be a free agent. But you'd rather not mess around if you could get the guy locked in and what you feel, feel is a pretty fair number. Get it done and, and keep this thing moving forward. Yeah, I mean, this isn't that far off from, like, say, what, what Lonzo Ball got or something. Sure. So I, I'm, I'm totally fine with Aaron Gordon getting this number because, like you said, I think he does bring a piece that can take the Nuggets to another level. And if you buy into what they did right before Jamal Murray got hurt, they looked like the team that was going to come out of the Western Conference. Now, again, yeah. there is that big you know qualifier there that we don't know for sure that that was going to be sustainable or not. Denver clearly thinks that it was. But you also have the reigning MVP. Right. And so you've got to do everything you can to maximize that window to win to win right now. And you yep. can say, look, even the MVP, right? Injury probably impacted that. Jokic is probably not the MVP if everybody stayed healthy around the NBA. But the reality is that sure. he got it. And he's certainly at the very least, he's one of the top talents in the NBA. And so when you've got a player like that, you've got to make sure that you do everything you can to maximize that and maximize your chance to win a championship. So I know this is going to get expensive. But I think Denver's got to feel pretty confident. They are one of a handful of teams that have to be looking around saying, you know what, if not for injury, we'd be the ones hoisting the championship trophy, or at least we had a pretty good shot at it. And let's see what we can do moving forward. So I, I think it's a fine deal for the Denver Nuggets. And, uh, and I think Aaron Gordon, it's a nice fit for him basketball-wise. I think it just makes sense on both ends of the floor. So, you know, as much as, I, as the Nuggets might be a, a roadblock for my Los Angeles Lakers, and I, I think that could be a... Uh, an issue moving forward in the West, they're going to be a power. I think it's a nice move for them. Yeah, I agree. And, and I say this meaning to take it with a pretty, for what I'm saying it for, no one shuts down LeBron James, but Aaron Gordon no. has been one of the guys who's had some success against LeBron because he's big, he's quick, he's fairly strong, so he can actually match with LeBron a little bit better. So, And I'm not saying he's going to shut him down and hold him to nothing, but if you're looking over the next few years, you got to get through LeBron, you got to get through Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and these big wings. You need to have a big wing that can defend them. And that's what Aaron Gordon is for the Nuggets. Plus, you can also move him into playing more of a pure four, which again, against a team like the Lakers, he can defend AD if you need him to do that, if they go in another di- direction defensively and those kind of things. So I think all around, this is a move that makes sense. It's just It's just a lot of money and you start to yeah. wonder – if they don't win a championship in the next couple of years, because then Jokic is only after 
they'll all be together for this one year. And then after that, Jokic is going to be, we know, is going to be on the, the the top tier max contract. That's definitely going to happen. That that extension will probably get done as soon as it's able to as well. So what we're going to ultimately see here is if you don't win, someone's got to go at that point. Mm-hmm. What's that going to be? And, and of course, you know, we hope for the best, but we don't know what Jamal Murray's going to be when he gets back. Is, does, does Has that injury changed his game at all? Well, what does that mean? I tend to think he'll be fine. He was never a guy who was, you know, overly reliant on being fast or, you know, super quick or, you know, a mm-hmm. major high leaper or anything. But sometimes those guys are hurt more if they lose a little bit of what they had. But he's young enough. My guess is he'll have a full recovery and he'll be fine. So I, I think this team is pretty good. I just feel like it's awfully expensive to commit to this group nets type of money when you may not get nets type of results or feel pretty good. But I say that knowing the nets didn't even make it out of the second round last year because injuries and we never know what's going to happen. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Look, if, if they wind up going on to win a championship, this is totally worth it. If yep. they don't, yeah. then then maybe they'll they'll look back and regret it. But I'm just I'm usually in favor of teams. If you've got the opportunity, you swing for the fences. You go for it. Sure. And I think that's I'm what that's what the Nuggets are doing right here. Yep. Um, anything else that we need to get into? Today? I think that was about it in terms of major news. Major around NBA, the NBA news. The G yeah. League uh, broke their what their schedule is going to look like this year. They're going to start out playing a uh, tournament style format with uh, some pod play early uh, that's I think going to reduce the travel and keep things a little a little cleaner on that end for them and that's where the G League Ignite will take part in and then they'll go into their annual uh, what had been the G League Showcase uh, their pre-Christmas uh, tournament they'll they'll finish up just before Christmas with the G League Showcase and that, that will be the extent of the Ignite's uh, competitive schedule then they will play exhibitions after that uh the ignite if, if anybody doesn't know that's the team that's made up of uh players straight out of high school as well as a handful of veteran uh basketball players usually guys who have been in the nba for a number of years uh with them so that that's what they'll play and then everybody else will play a uh, a full schedule after the tournament portion is played and they will get into um uh, going into their traditional playoffs and championship and all that stuff at the end of their year. So they're staying in the same calendar where they'll start about three weeks after the NBA starts and they'll end in early to mid April uh, before the uh, around, I, I guess it's mid March to, mm-hmm. to, to late March. Um, they'll end my, I'm still off here with my calendar. <laughs> um, they'll, they'll end then and get back to uh, get back to their normal uh, windows. And so players will be available at the, very beginning of the season to be available at the tail end of the season and those kind of things uh, with that. And then uh, the NBA, a couple minor things came out about uh, different virus testing and that you, you okay. follow the major news breakers for that. Nothing groundbreaking, except we still don't know the exact ramifications because players are not going to be required to get vaccinated is, is the latest. So we don't know what that means for the New York and San Francisco markets uh, fully because everybody going into those buildings as of local regulations and laws, which yes, those trump the NBA uh, right now, unless they get some kind of special exemption yeah you, you can't be in there unless you're vaccinated so we don't know what that means for knicks nets and warriors players to this point so we'll see what that looks like as this all evolves over the next uh really only about three weeks or so before preseason games get started yeah well, they're gonna have to figure that out quick because like like you said preseason yeah. starting up in just a few weeks so we'll see how that all goes down 
Uh, it's going to be a fluid situation, but unfortunately, <laughs> something that we're going to have to deal with yeah. all season long. It looks like. Yep. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And it's uh, and that's just we're not offering any commentary on should you or shouldn't you get vaccinated. Yeah. Um, but that's just what the situation is. That's what those laws are. There, you can scream from the hilltops if you want in the comments about whether that's fair or unfair, but. It is what it is, and that's where the teams are at. They had already informed uh, the league and players' association had already worked with teams and players to basically say, "Hey, here's what it's going to be in these markets," and and we'll see if that changes in any other markets too, because this is something that's changing. A, feels like on a daily basis around the country on um, what the different regulations and protocols are uh, in different major cities and states and those kind of things. Right, right. So it'll be another thing to navigate during the course of this NBA season. But, everybody, thank you guys for, for watching today's show. Let us know in the comments section what you think about John Wall, what you think about what's going on with Aaron Gordon's new contract, that extension that he got. Give us your thoughts in the comments section. Again, don't forget, subscribe. We are pushing that subscriber base up as much as we possibly can for the season to start. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. And we'd appreciate it if you would like this video. Till Let me time, say everybody. one thing before yes. we go. Sorry. Yeah. No, do Two it. Two weeks. From today, training camp's open five weeks from today. First game of the season uh, starts. First game of the regular season, it is. And I started getting media day information sent to me today. So we are getting there. This is uh, coming fast and furious with that. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, in the comments, let us know if you can find a John Wall trade that you really like. Because I know we're we're struggling. Uh, But make sure it works. It can't be John Wall (laughs) for, uh, you know, somebody's minimum salary guy just because you want to put him on your favorite team. That that doesn't work. If you want to see him Dougie, you're going to have to figure out another way. Fair enough. Fair enough. That means uh, no, uh, no John Wall for uh, for Malik Monk trades or anything like that, please. That that does not work. But uh, appreciate everybody joining us till next time. See ya and stay safe.